When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Of Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, podcast of words, Irish, Irish words, and words of Ireland. I'm Dark O'Shea. I'm Geraldine McCoy. I'm Clodagh McGinley. And our very special guest today is Katie Kermode. Hello. Welcome to Motherfuck Lore, Katie. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. You're our second American guest. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Great. But you're our first from Ohio. Wonderful. But you're not going to talk to us about Ohio today, are you? Not, no, not if you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the reasons I invited you here, and as well, I've been delighted to meet you, is you are a a student of the Manx language. That's right, yeah. How did you get into that? Well, um, so I've been studying, I guess it's a little more than three years now, and um, my my dad's side of the family is from the Isle of Man, Mm -hmm. and so I always grew up knowing about, you know, the island and a a little bit about the culture, but I didn't know there was a language until mm. a few years ago. Um, and I, I had studied French in high school and a little bit in college, but like never really felt, you know, fluent or never really used yep. it, but wanted to be fluent in the language. So I was, I was toying around with what I would do. And I was actually listening to a uh, French, a podcast uh, on French. It's actually out of Scotland. And they produce a couple of other, uh, actually lots of other languages, including um, Scottish Gaelic and, and Irish. And so I, I actually started out intending to, to study Irish. Okay. And uh, then in just sort of reading about Irish, found out that like Manx actually had a language. Mm-hmm. And then my dad died you know, around that time. And so mm. I, I kind of switched gears and decided you know, that sounded really interesting. And then as a way to kind of like think about him and mm-hmm. connect to him, I wanted to do that. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's, mm-hmm. um, I think that sometimes people that something like that, an event like that in one person's life can make them re- re- revisit the her- her cultural heritage. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I don't recommend like incredible heartache, but it's very, it's very, it's very effective <laughs> yeah. learning tool. It it's t- very motivating. It tends to turn up whether you recommend it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so how are you going about learning it? Like, are you taking classes or? Well, so I started, um, you know, I, I enjoy podcasts a fair bit, as you might guess. <laughs> um, and so when I when I found out that I wanted to study Manx, I was like, well, maybe there'll be a podcast. Surely not. But there actually is one that they've produced. Um, so I, I started with that and then just looked around and they've made lots and lots and lots of um, materials available online, like just an amazing amount Um 
uh, plug for that. It's learnmanx.com if anybody's keen to look at that. Um, And so, yeah, just sort of progressed from there. And then eventually, I guess, after about a year, I I had I had been to the island um, a year after my dad died again, just to sort of be like, hey, I'm going to go do this. And I'd been learning about a year and I thought, if I really want to kick this up to the next level, I've, I've got to go and actually talk to people who speak it. So on my next trip back, I contacted um, the language officer there and said, hey, can I go to some classes and just sort of spread. And now actually I know a lot of people there and have friends there and Oh, that's great. Con- you know, interact with people on social media. So I get I get to practice. I don't get to speak it as much as I'd like, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. part of why I like to go back a lot. So that's really brave, though, because like a lot of people learning a language are way too frightened to actually speak to somebody else who's fluent in that language for fear yeah. of making a mistake or anything else. Oh, I was terrified. <laughs> I was. I like apologized all the time. I think like <laughs> almost to the point of being annoying. Really, it's fine. Really, no. All of us are so terrified speaking Irish. <laughs> <laughs> never ever ends. But. Yeah, what really gets me is I, I I know some friends of mine who, I, who I'm just amazed at how good their Irish is, and then they tell me that they're at an event and they're actually worried about speaking Irish making mistake mm-hmm. and I was like but I'm trying to be as good as you <laughs> and then it's, it's like somewhere there is the patient zero the kind of the uh, typhoid Mary perfect Irish speaker <laughs> yeah but I haven't found them yet but it's um I guess we're all we're all on a journey sure and I actually like in in real life in my real life back in the states <laughs> I don't consider myself like outgoing at all and so when I you know I came to the Isle of Man and I was talking to some of my friends and I was like actually you know I'm really introverted and they're like that's hilarious <laughs> no really but like it you know you want to learn this language it you also I don't know it pushes your comfort zone mm-hmm. and maybe you can shift your persona a little bit because you get to be somebody yeah. kind of new reinvent mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. I don't know there is that whole theory that like you have different personalities depending on what language you speak. Ooh, so that you, I love that idea. Yeah, no, apparently, apparently. I'm not sure how true it is, but <laughs> oh, I completely Let's go with subscribe it. to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's accurate. Yeah, I think uh, you're a different person in different languages. Yeah. Do you remember your first moment speaking Max to someone? Do I? Uh, well, um, Yes. So this this is kind of funny. So the in person, I, I had contacted, you know, I had been in contact with people on social media. So like I had written to people. So I got a chance to kind of like be comfortable with like constructing a sentence and like with time. Um, and then, you know, you can use like voice files. So a couple of times I had done that. But the, f- the first time I actually spoke to somebody in person was when I went back to the island that second time. And um I had one of the one of the people I was or the groups of people I was interacting with on social media was there. They do a um, well, actually they do several programs on Manx radio um, in Manx. And one of them, they kind of like play games and it's, you know, very laid back. And I had started on Twitter just sort of like playing the games, you know, oh, you're you're describing a movie and I'm going to guess what it is. I have a guess. And little did I know there weren't that many people sending in guesses so they were like oh my gosh who's this American person and so (laughs) when I decided I wanted to go to the island and and go to some classes and the language officer had had like sent along my information to one of the teachers and he wrote back and he said yeah come to class it's going to be great and if you want to come be on the radio and little it, it was the same person so um he picked me up at the airport and took me to their radio station. Oh, wow. It was the very first thing that I did when I got there. So so that was the first time I spoke Manx, is to introduce myself to my new friend. Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. So obviously Manx is very close to Irish in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. 
but the two things that we think about when maybe other Irish speakers think of when they think of Manx is one that it was uh, it was declared legally dead and it came back to life mm-hmm. is the big one. Yes. And that 1974, the death of the last native Manx speaker was right. um, Ned Madrill. Ned Madrill. Yes, yes, that's right. And, you know, they consider those essentially one and the same. So he was the last native speaker who grew up only, you know, with uh, mm. with Manx or, or primarily speaking Manx, I guess I should say. Um, although now there are children growing mm. up with, the, you know, their parents are speaking either all or primarily Manx to them. Um, so th- so that's when, I, I think that's when, when they decided they would, you know, declare the language dead. But then there's now a, I think it's been almost 20 years. I'm sorry, I'm going to get details wrong because mm-hmm. y'all okay. have probably figured out I'm not, you know, <laughs> not Manx. Uh, but uh, uh, there's a... Um, primary school there where that's taught through the medium of Manx. And so when UNESCO declared the language dead, the kids from the school wrote and said, well, hang on. If Manx is dead, mm-hmm. then what are we speaking? And so they, they mm-hmm. I, I think the story is they came back and they reexamined it. And so now it's been um, reclassified as critically endangered. So, <laughs> yay. Yay, <laughs> endangered. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Something else, though, I suppose the Irish speakers recognize this. In the mid 1940s, there was uh, maybe not much enthusiasm on the Alamant for keeping the language. Mm-hmm. And there was a very much pro English language agenda until Eamon de Valera. That's right. Sent, yes, humble boy. <laughs> That's right. Sent over some uh, experts to record uh, Max speaking. Yeah. In 1948. Yeah. So, whatever he did, he did that right, I think. He did a lot of things <laughs> right. <laughs> <skating>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah. Michael Collins wouldn't have done that if I was <laughs> There'll be a row. <laughs> but the other thing, I suppose, and this is something that's very interesting, because we often get people would say, oh, like they, they I think Irish is beautiful, but then they get thrown by spellings of words. Mm-hmm. And especially often the, when the rest of the world comes into contact with Irish, it's, it's typically with someone's name. Like, uh, Claudia, you may have had your name mispronounced when you've been on your travels. Oh, yeah, Clodog. <laughs> yeah. Clodog was my nickname in secondary school because it was the most kind of easily pronunciable. Pronounce, pronounce, that's not a word. <laughs> that's ironic. But yeah, no, Clodog is the most common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the ways that the the that Manx has taken a different journey in this mm-hmm. is that they have taken a a spelling conventions that are closer to English orthography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think again, I'm, I I don't want to hold myself up as an expert here because sure. I'm certainly not. But I th- I think basically what happened is like many. Um, languages. It was mostly an oral tradition. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know that many people could read and write, um, you know, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And then when there were clergy there who wanted to be able to, who spoke English, and I think actually were, were English clergy, wanted to reach, you know, the like the common folk. Yeah. Um, they, they learned the language and they started producing like religious texts in, um, in Manx, but they yeah. wrote it the way it would sound to an English year, I suppose, more or less. Okay, because yeah. um, this week, the week that we're recording, uh, you've been curating the Motherfucker Twitter right. account, yeah. and you've been tweeting in Manx and English, mm-hmm. and I just noticed, I, re- I have recognized some words to say, well, that's obviously Shanae, uh-huh. but yeah. you spell it, you spell it S-H-U-N, is it? For, for saying that's it, Shanae. That's it, oh, Shanae, yeah, S-H-E-N space E-H, Shanae, that's yeah. it. Oh, it yeah. sounds exactly. That's what yeah. we were saying just before yeah. you came. I mean, I was trying to like decipher it. Um, and so it's pretty difficult for a dyslexic person <laughs> to go through it. But I was like, oh, I know there's Irish in there somewhere. I just can't yeah. seem to pick it out. So I was waiting for you to come here and like pronounce some words. So I was yeah. like, oh, no, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I feel the same way about Irish. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll look and I'll be like, oh, that looks really similar to a word that I know. Mm. And then mm. I'll try and sound it out or someone will say it. And I'll be like, oh, I think I, yeah, I know what that is. So. It makes me think, obviously, on one level, um, I know, Garjin, we've spoken before about how you found that the, the Irish language orthography, while it is different from English, it makes sense within its own logic. And if yeah. a person can accept that, it's actually, it, it, it won't trick you. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, for me. It's it's a lot easier. Um, it has rules of pronunciation um, that that follow a pattern, which is great. Mm. Um, once you know that pattern, you're straight shooting with that one. But I don't know. Is Manx the same? Is it? Is it like? Is there? Um, I mean, I think largely. Yeah, I don't think there's 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 not a lot of of um, you know departure from the, the usual way of, of okay. pronouncing things. But there, but there's some, and it's yeah. not you know it's it's much closer to English phonetics than Irish. But there are some things that are not. Um, like some double letters in the middle of the word will, you know, like um, cavil is C A B B I L, I think, but it's cavil. So two B's in the middle of a word is okay. a V. Oh, so yeah. So That's it's not. Cool. So for all you Irish speakers out there who are feeling <laughs> sad for yourselves about it's not <laughs> it's not a perfect English world mm. in in Manx yeah. in terms of the phonetics. So the the Manx for a rabbit would be cunning as well, would it? Mm-hmm. Um, but how does it spell in? Uh, I believe it's C O N N I N G, maybe. And it's something like that. Cunning in, in yeah. Swedish as well. Just yeah. to point out that. Yeah. I was really excited. <laughs> the Swedish class I took, right? We were like learning animals. And she said cunning. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the same. <laughs> no one else was excited. They were like, who's the weird Irish guy getting weirdly excited about this? That's right. It, it's, um, it seems to be a version of that in, in, in a lot of European yeah, languages, yeah. except and the word bunny, it seems, was created in English because it, having a C there instead would like sound, it sounded like a rude word. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Took us a second. Yeah, but that, that's that because I was thinking like, how come it's like all, all these words, and then you got rabbit in the middle of things, and yeah. then and then like, what, what is, how did bunny come from rabbit? It didn't. <laughs> but it's uh, but that's that. Interesting. Again, it's been really interesting seeing how how all the um this was the preponderance of the letter V and seeing other mm-hmm. things, and it's and I think I wonder for some people if uh, if if some Irish speakers who are learning with who are struggling with the um. With some of the with some of the Irish language phonology or things like that, if Max might be a kind of a middle way, yeah, or not, it's uh, interesting to think. Maybe I found looking at it just from your tweets that for me it looks like. So I know people always say that Welsh and Irish are really similar, but I can't see no. that no. or hear it. And I do have a lot of friends who speak who've learned Welsh pretty quickly. So I think once you put your mind to it, if you have Irish, it can be easy to pick up. But for me, Manx actually looks like. The transition, so there's Irish and then you go to Manx and then you go to Welsh. I th- it just looks like the one in the middle because I can pick out words, whereas in Welsh I can't. But it has all of the kind of like similar um, consonant usage that, that we don't have in Irish, but they have in Welsh, like lots of L's and Y's. Is there Y's? In, yeah. There, yeah, there are yeah, Y's. Whereas mm-hmm. we don't have those at all and I find them mm. all over the place in Welsh and I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> yeah. I think it was really interesting that, that it's somewhere in the middle, ironically. Hi, this is Tara Flynn. I've got Taranoia. That's right. Paranoia with a T. I put the T in paranoia. Taranoia. That's the name of my new podcast about my own insecurities and fears and the lessons I've learned by being a big old pick, a big Egypt. But we're all Egypt and we're all only doing our best. So if you'd like to share some Egyptry with me and hear some great guests every now and again, why not join me on the Headstuff Podcast Network for Taranoia. 
I was reading about Max today and how the, the decline of the various languages, because the Celtic languages obviously seems to be doing the best as Welsh. I think everyone mm-hmm, sees that mm-hmm. and they say that, you know, that people are committing crimes in Welsh and swearing <laughs> in Welsh and they bang their toes and doing those things. And, um, and whereas Irish went into decline in the in the mid 19th century around the same time as Max. Mm-hmm. But the, the reasons for the difference, like Wales would have had a huge influx of people in the 19th century, but with, with the mines and the Industrial yeah. Revolution. Mm. But the Welsh language held very, fairly well. Ma- the Isle of Man was the most popular tourist destination for British people in mm-hmm. the late 19th century. And that seems to sure. have whacked the language very mm-hmm. badly, put it on the ropes and, and out of the famine. Right. So, but it's interesting that, I suppose, that the, the different movements of people, what's the take in the Isle of Man on, on when things started going very badly? Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I don't know exact dates, but I, I think you're probably right that, you know, the more... The more there were, um, you know, a preponderance of English-only speaking people there, um, the feeling was that, you know, if you really wanted to be successful, you'd be using English. So there's a a kind of a shame associated Mm -hmm. with, you know, there was a language of poverty or of of simple folk. And if you were Mm -hmm. going to Mm -hmm. be successful and posh, you spoke English. Mm -hmm. And and then there were, you know, there, there, there was... The children would be punished for having spoken it in school and like, you know, similar to other languages. So. We had that as well, didn't we? There was there wasn't there the shtick. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're fond of that, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a shtick, wasn't it? That, that every time you spoke English, there'd be a notch and a dug into it, and then you get that many quacks at the end of the day. Wow! Someone will democratic enough. Um, uh, just uh, so I used to uh, for a semester I taught Irish in Montana and people used to think that was so weird other Americans were like what <laughs> Irish is a language <laughs> like oh you mean Gaelic I'm like no you mean Gaelic <laughs> <laughs> um, so do, do like, is there like a community of Mang speakers in, in Ohio or in America um, so I wouldn't say together um, okay. there are people that are that are scattered I don't know how many to be to be honest and um, um, there's one other woman that I um, interact with sometimes who's also from Ohio but living in Pennsylvania. But okay. I, I know her actually because the Manx language officer connected us. So like, <laughs> oh no way! Yeah. No, I know there's a um, in Washington D.C. There actually is, I think, a group of wow. of people who maybe have classes. But um, yeah, it's hard in in you know, in other areas where there's not like a large concentration of people who, I mean, let's be honest, like it's hard to get Americans to want to study any language. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's true. There's a a Fulbright program. You went over with Fulbright. No, it wasn't Fulbright. I went over with my undergrad program, but the Fulbrights were there at the time. And uh, uh, I do. I mean, my experience with Americans learning languages is really positive because, again, I was over there teaching um, Irish and they're really connected like that. They were really connected to their heritage. And the standard was wonderful. And if there's anyone listening from the University of Montana, hello. Please get in touch. Like, let's be friends. Um, But I I mean, I I do think that it is it has that syndrome that a lot of monoglot English speaking countries have. They're like, why would you need to learn another language? Mm -hmm. Not just Americans. Mm -hmm. I think Irish people and, and British people have it as well. Sure. Yeah. Do you ever tell people that you're learning Manx or does it just kind of not come up in conversation very frequently? Oh, anybody who knows me is probably tired of hearing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> That's um, good though. It's good. That. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does come up like casually sometimes too because people, you know, I'll say, I'm going on a trip. Where are you going? I'm going to the Alabama. Why are you going there? Mm. And then I'll, I'll tell them. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. And do people have that reaction of, 
I did not know that that was a language and I did not know that, that was a place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Yes and yes. In fact, I I was at a I was at a Kaylee um I guess about a week ago uh, in Cincinnati and um there was a a Scottish gentleman there who um runs like a a Celtic store and I I went up afterwards and I was like, "Oh, you know, do you have any Manx items?" and he's like, "Manx?" and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, that's a no." <laughs> Uh, so I was like, well, all right, good luck to you. <laughs> oh, that's great. So is there like culture similar? Like is there like Kayleys in, in the Aleman and stuff? Do they have that sort of thing? Um, Yeah. Now the, the uh, dancing is different than step dancing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look really at all like like step dancing. Um, I don't, they don't do much. It doesn't look like Shen knows. Is that the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But they have folk dancing. Okay. Um, do they use their arms though? They do use their arms. Oh, yeah. In fact, the arms are often. Oh, like I know no one can see, but it's the, the arms are often. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it Highland dancing? They yeah, have Highland dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Claudia's our champion Irish dancer. Oh. No, no. <laughs> dance. She's actually going to get on the table after this and do a hair shoot. That's why these are here. That is interesting, though, that there is a crossover between the different kinds of dancing and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like as well, like, I studied Gaelic in college, one of my modules, because I did Irish in college. And Gaelic seems to have a nice little niche carved out for itself. They never seem to have issues. I don't, like, I'm sure they do. Don't get me wrong. I'm sorry if you're a Gaelic speaker and you're, like, <laughs> throwing mm-hmm. knives at the radio right now. But, like, the radio? No. <laughs> I'm not even that old, but, like... <laughs> On the wireless. <laughs> If, um, yeah, they just, like, I mean, they never seem to have trouble kind of asserting themselves and kind of, you know, they have BBC Alba and they have, mm. they just seem quite happy in their own little kind of bubble of, not their bubble, but their area of speaking Gaelic in Scotland and everything else. But whereas Manx seems to have really, really struggled and everything mm-hmm. else. It's interesting that the cultures are so similar, but that Manx didn't seem to kind of continue the way that Gaelic did or even Irish did, even yeah. though Irish is struggling. Yeah. Manx really seemed to kind of just not be able to hold up I guess I don't know well it's just, it's just you know there's mm. I think 80,000 people there yeah. now and yeah. would have been many less at the time so um, mm. I mean I think it's kind of amazing that like this it's been able to persist yeah it's yeah. a comeback in any case yeah yeah it's funny in a way that it's the small size can be an asset and as well yeah. as, mm-hmm. as, as, yeah. as well as being a problem sure yeah mm. I mean because you have to have a critical mass don't you mm-hmm. yeah. no I think it's um, I mean there are, uh, you know, there are problems with Gaelic, as you said. It's not, it's not perfect, but but less so, I think, it, on, a, on a sliding scale. You probably have Welsh at the top, and then Irish, and then probably Gaelic. Uh, similar enough scales, but in terms of legal status, Gaelic mm. is mm. is lower than that. And there are problems associated with it. And then Manx at the very bottom. Uh, but it just, in t- I mean, I don't know what the legal status of Manx is, and I don't know nothing about this. So it's such a bad like if research. You, <laughs> if you get if you get in a bit of trouble in the Isle of Man, would you be try? Could you get your trial in Manx? Oh goodness, no! <laughs> in fact, I um, the last time I was there, I I made a, a traffic faux pas, um, oh. and that's I that's the legal term is it? <laughs> traffic yes, the, <laughs> exactly. And the officer came over and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm just lost. I'm not from here." And he's like, "Okay, it's fine. You know, just 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 uh, you know, let me help you. Where are you trying to go?" And I said, "Well, let me call my friend." So I called my friend and I started sp- speaking Manx to her, and he was like. 
what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and he was Irish, actually, too. Oh. So oh, wow. I, I pulled out my couple of fuckle and I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I would have thought it would be hard to get in traffic trouble in, uh, in the Isle of Man with the, famously not having a speed limit for a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, I, we, we won't. We won't tell the story. Speeding <laughs> I, I, had, I, had, I had done something dumb, so ah, okay. we won't. Uh, we won't dwell. The amount of people who've com- com- confessed traffic, traffic, uh, uh, driving crimes on this show, just uh, getting greater and greater. Yeah. That, I, I'd love to meet that that officer who pulled you over because his story would be like this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. It's an American lady who just pulled out her phone and started speaking mics. <laughs> he was sort of like. <laughs> but he's very nice to me. Uh, I mean, he was nice in general, but he's yeah. very nice after that. So, yeah. But I guess it would probably. So, I mean, I don't. Again, I really don't know. But I guess it would probably suffer from a lot of the same problems that many minority languages suffer from in a terminology problem, because uh, with the development of like even a, a legal context or outside of a legal context, you know, when you have new technology, you need a new word for that, and it can be such a struggle to keep up with that. And Ireland has a. A body dedicated to that but mm-hmm. um so for example i know in scotland they actually take um the sort of the irish uh, word the new developed word from fionter and then develop it into scots gaelic mm-hmm. um because there isn't as much um you know there's not there's not the the money there for it effectively um so that is a huge benefit to, for them um so i guess that would probably be an issue in with, with manx as well as you're constantly trying to keep up with the development of words yeah they, so uh, they they do have people who do that mm-hmm. um although I, I don't know how like uh, i don't want to say not official but like i don't think it's not like a government position it's yeah, not like yeah. a um i don't think um and they do have so i will say this on on tinwalt day which is their national holiday like all of the laws are read out in manx and in english oh, the new wow. that's that's the, the deal they read all of the new laws from like the previous year oh. i would love that. yeah well you should come to tinwalt day <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's amazing it's great fun actually yeah <laughs> Oh, I'd love to see some boring ass uh, statutory instrument here being read out, not only in English, but in Irish. <laughs> and we're all like waiting around listening to it. It's great. And and then there's music and fun and yeah, yeah. Vikings mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. you should come. Yeah. So there are, in terms of thinking of the, mo- the modern words in Max, would there be like Max words for things like selfie or for mobile phone? Um, s- s- yes. So, uh, but I'm not sure there's always like agreement on on oh. that. So like um, I'll see something sometimes and someone, you know, may have just decided that's how they're going to say it. So um, but they do. They have a council that that mm. but yeah. they I don't think they've gone through mm. all of the slang, if that makes sense. But I sense. guess that's how language develops, though. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it I mean, there you can have all of the councils you want, but it's popular use. Like if mm. somebody has a really like slamming term for Brexit that you and I won't get into Tara yeah, we'll we'll it. but if somebody has like a really good term like that's the one that people are going to use so like I guess if you if it's communicable then you know it's a word sure why not use it but I just did a search yesterday just on the amount of use of uh, sasmach versus the amount of use of bratimacht uh, well which one wins it seems bratimacht is being used far more because the yeah. no, the various nooked websites are saying bratimacht every time yeah well sasmach uh, is just yeah, the, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's a, it's, a, it's a slang term. The same way you'd have yeah. slang terms for a number of other political events, yeah. which wouldn't be the formal terms. But that's uh but yeah, so that's that seems to be it. But whereas now you'd still say Brexit, I should shouldn't. Some of us Brexit would still say Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a there's a position generally taking translation that proper nouns are is that correct? Yep, that's it. Proper nouns proper are nouns translated. Stay the same. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, mm. and Brexit would be a proper noun. Um, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. And yeah, and for some reason that they we don't translate international um international politicians' names unless they're royalty for some reason. Yeah. That uh, mm. so it's yeah. Like you'd get a Bonnery and Eilisha though for the for Queen Elizabeth II, but <laughs> but uh, um, Donald Trump would be Donald Trump or something else entirely. <laughs> well, I have you on actually. Oh God! Oh dear! No. Um, it's been a source of alarm to a lot of um, people in Ireland mm-hmm. watching the international news. The amount yeah. of Irish surnames in Donald Trump's uh, entourage. Mm-hmm. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Well, how long? How long do you have? <laughs> I'm really sorry, everyone in the mm. whole world, by the way, for all of that. I don't think I've met an American in the last two years who hasn't immediately said, hey, I'm really sorry. But we don't blame you. Well, yeah, the the ones who, anyway. They're not even the majority staying of Americans. Like. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, I, I don't have any explanation for mm. what the dumpster fire that's happening in my country I just really don't I think I think that's probably yeah I think a, a fairer question is yes there's lots of Irish names are there any Manx names are there any Manx people we need to sing about <laughs> so uh, Quayle is a Manx name so Dan Quayle who was prior to our current president probably had the reputation of being like you know the dumbest famous <laughs> politician it, it, yeah. it, it seems almost um, it's it seems almost innocent now that yeah, yeah. he misspelled potato. And right. This reputation I know. Wasn't for... that terrible and was dumb? Was that all he did? Yes. Well, no. I mean, I'm sure okay, he did some sorry, other stuff. But that's what, he, that's what he's famous for. Is How did he spell it? He spelled it with an, with an e, at, e the end. at the end. Of it. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't know who this Dan fella is. <laughs> I, I've done that on more than one occasion. <laughs> Again, the dyslexia. But it looks right. It looks wrong mm. with the E on the end of it. English is insane. <laughs> don't feel bad, Dan Quayle. Since his term as vice president, he has been a very successful um, direct executive in business. And mm. one of his companies has been involved in buying distressed loans from NAMA. Oh, mm. yeah. look at this. Everything is cyclical, huh? Everything is cyclical. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so so Quail is the most famous uh, non-BG uh, Isle of Man uh, person in in the U.S. I think so. Yeah, but I mean, the, to your point, there there are a lot of 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 Irish Americans in general. So I think you know yeah. you'll you'll see about and you'll hear about the politicians. But like, there's a lot of good ones too. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> non-racist and yeah, yeah, we disown those ones. Yeah, so like, oh, they're like, oh, we're Irish. Like, no, it's fine. You can yeah, be American. Right. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And before we wrap up, um, do you have a favorite and or and or least favorite Manx word? Oh, I know. I, sh- I should have pre-thought this. I was uh, as I was thinking as the podcast was going. Um, I like I like drachid, which is bridge. Bridge, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. uh, in part because you get to do that like little trill of the R, and then you get to do like the you know the kind of guttural GH. So yeah. like from a sound standpoint, I really. Like before it. you get on to start, yeah. question about oh, that. Sure. So do you roll your R's, and is it like a a bit? You can. Okay. You can. So it, you don't. You're not meant to like over roll them. Okay. If that makes like... sense. And not everybody does, but you, one can. Okay. That's I like my understanding that. anyway. Yeah, because I found oh, I love in, it. And yeah, I enjoy doing it. I, yeah. I enjoyed it when I was learning French in, in secondary school. I was, you know, there's a different or. But then when I started learning Swedish, I had to do it again a different or. It's not the same as French, and I kept doing the French or. But now I've got it down, and I love doing it. <laughs> I love all the words that have the rolly ors in it. It's yeah. fun. It is fun. So your least favorite? Sorry, you my least favorite. Um, uh, Stribach, I think. Is that Stribach? It's well, I don't know. What is that? Is, is that, it? Is it a, a term for a lady? It is a term for a lady. Love that. And. Uh-huh. 
basically it actually sounds fun yeah. I just don't like that word in any language yeah. frankly yeah. 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 <laughs> that's fantastic Katie thank you so much for joining us today absolutely thanks for having we me loved every minute of it yeah, and me we too. Hope, hope you enjoy your, your next trip to the Alman and do stop in anytime thanks and you all are invited to Tinwalte yes absolutely let's go guys <laughs> <laughs> so until the next time it's a slant from me a slant from me a slant from me Slen. Hey, Dara again, just say that we were in a competition. Headstuff have three copies of Crack Baby Dispatches from a Rising Language, um, which are signed and available to listeners of this show. We are doing a competition where we are asking you to tweet with the hashtag Crack Baby, C R A I C B A B Y, and your favorite Irish word that you learned from this podcast and the episode you heard it in. And you'll be entered in the draw. Crack Baby is available in all good bookshops in Ireland and the United Kingdom now. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Mother Folklore comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, you can get it on uh, iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your uh, podcasts. Um, Headstuff do a load of really cool podcasts. Um, one recommendation is Taranoia, uh, which is a podcast run by the amazing Tara Flynn, who's been on our own show. If you want to get in contact, you can uh, email us at motherfolklore.com at headstuff.org and uh, thanks very much to Kirsten for doing the artwork and for Brian for producing us Uh, see you all next week this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network look at us pretending we know what we're talking about (laughs) fancy it's not in the bookshop it's not a good bookshop (laughs)